Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. Turn with me if you would. And uh, let's go to, let's start in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. We just continue along the lines, of course, of faith as was instructed by the Holy Ghost. And unless he, he tells me something else and he gives me something else specific, I don't, I, I'm endeavoring not to deviate uh, from this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. And uh, let's see here. <clears throat> verse 16, let's look at that. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You should, every time you look in the mirror and your mind says, whoa, (laughs) I look different than I did, you know, 10, 20 years ago. That's our cue to say, oh, but my inward man. You answer that, that uh, I am strengthened with might by his spirit in my inner man. It's, I'm renewed day by day. Amen? Don't let that, don't let your looks be the last word. How about that? Don't let your wrinkles be the last word. Verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things, uh, the things which are not seen are eternal. This is our foundation scripture. The Amplified reads, since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Anything you endeavor to draw from the unseen realm not only will produce in this life, but it's going to carry over into the next. Anything you even receive into this life that affects, I'm talking anything you lay hold of in that unseen realm to draw it into this realm, it still has lasting effects for eternity. We can't understand that right now. Right? Unless we've been and seen uh, on the other side, it's just because we've laid hold of those unseen things by faith and faith is eternal that we're going to receive, I believe, even of that released faith, even on the other side. God has things, uh, if faith is what pleases him and faith is eternal because his word is eternal, we have to look at the seed of faith and the words of faith as something that's not, we're not just living by now, we'll still be living by those. We'll still be, once we pass over, your body dies today, this thing goes on uh, into the ground or wherever it's gonna go and your spirit man goes on to heaven. Do you understand the measure of faith that you have, you are carrying that with you? You don't start over and get new faith on the other side. You take the faith that you have and it'll be evident. And it's going to it's going to affect things once we get to that other side. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> faith is the substance of things unseen. Listen, not of things unreal. 
Faith is the substance of things unseen, not unreal. Faith is the substance. It is substance of things unseen, not things that are not real. And this is where the mind will trip us up. That it seems unreal because it's unseen. Faith is a substance of things unseen, not unreal. Your answer, your provision, your healing, your deliverance, your restoration is very real. It's very real. Uh, Made real and made manifest are two different things. I'm going to say that again. What's made real and made manifest are two different things. What's made manifest is now visible. What's real is invisible. Made real and made manifest are two different things. We cannot get caught up in focusing on what can we manifest. If we'll focus on what's real, what's real will become manifest. The world sees what's real is what they see in front of them. What can, what can be tangibly felt, touched, comprehended, understood, felt, heard, right? That's what they see, of course, is their, um, that's what they base everything on. Uh, you didn't base your salvation off of what was manifest. You based on what you believe was real. Jesus is really a savior. Jesus really died for me. Jesus really shed his blood. Jesus, he really did take those stripes. He really did bear my sin. How many of you at one point you said, I really but truly believed. And I still really believe that. My belief in that never wanes. No matter how much time passes, my belief in those stripes, my belief in the beating, my belief in that, my belief in that crown of thorns, in the, the nail-pierced hands and the side, my belief in his visitation to hell, my belief in that foot in the devil's head, my belief never wanes. It's very real. Very real. And at one time, you knew that's real. And I believe that. And I take that. Faith, and that's going to be the same thing in every single arena in your life. Did he bear that symptom? Did he bear that sickness? Did he take that? Did he carry it? Did he walk all the way to that mount with that sickness on his back? With that manifesting in his body? Do you really believe that? Did you see it? No, we didn't. We didn't see it. We weren't there. But we received him as our savior as if we stood right there in front of him. So real to us. So real. Amen? Now, this is our part. God's word is what made it real. Jesus is the word made flesh, right? He's real. We believe in his reality. He's, he's re- and, then, and then notice when we believe that that was real, what happened? We sense the reality come on us. Oh my gosh, that, that peace, that joy, that life, 
that light, all of a sudden something was different, what happened? Something manifest. Because you believed that salvation was real, you believed the cross was real, you believe his ascent to heaven, whatever it is that you heard and you said, my savior's real. He may be unseen, but he's real. He's real. And what happens is, is God's love and his mercy manifested on you. His goodness, you felt the tangible manifestation of it. I've never met somebody who said they got saved and they didn't feel a manifestation of anything. Why? Because God's presence, that in, indwelling spirit comes on the inside and they, something, something has changed. Something has changed. You, you can't even, notice that you can't even put words. A lot of times you can't even put words. You don't even know how to describe what happened. But Jesus is the word made flesh. So God is, our, his words are already out there. He says, my words are spirit and they are life. So his words have already been released. God's word makes it real, but my words make it manifest. God's word made your healing real. You're not trying to make your healing real. I'm not trying to confess to make healing real. I'm not trying to confess to make my provision real. It is real. It is real. It's unseen, but it's real. Does that help? It's unseen, but it's real. That money, he's not sending more money out of heaven. It's already here. It's very real. That's why we don't look at and meditate too long on what we have and what we don't have. This is what Paul was saying. I've learned to be content, whether based, whether I'm abounding. Why? Because uh, God's provision is so real to him. He doesn't have to ask his circumstance. He doesn't consult his circumstance for his reality. I don't consult my checkbook to know my reality. It's real. My provision, not only my provision, the abundance, the abundant life is real. Why? Because God's word made it real. When he sent his son, he made it real. The cross made it real. My words and actions of agreement manifest it. They don't make it any more real. So when you're confessing, Father, I thank you that this need, and you lay hands on those bills and you say, Father, I thank you that these are all paid for. You're not trying to make provision real. It's already real. You're just drawing from the unseen, not the unreal realm, the unseen realm. You're just pulling that from that unseen realm. But when we don't feed on the word of God, it becomes less and less real to us. It's not less and less real. It just becomes less and less in our grasp of reality. When we live in the word of God and who we are in him, everything that he's provided us is so real to us. Why? Because we keep his words close. It was his word that made it real, but it's my words of faith that make it manifest. Right? Now we understand God's the God of the manifestation. I'm not trying to make it happen. But I'm talking, we have to have words and actions of agreement or it will never come to pass. What's real will not be made a reality. I never want to get to the other side and I realize so much that was real that God had right on the other side. Just over that other realm. Notice realm 
and reality, same root. Realm, reality, real. What's real is just in the other realm. It's just in the other realm. That's it. So I'm not trying to figure out uh, how's he going to make this. He doesn't make anything. He doesn't make you healed. Healing was provided. He made me whole. And my healing is, it's just one realm away. So what am I doing? Father, I worship you. I get into that other realm. I get into that other, I cross over from this, being aware, so aware of this, uh, the reality of this world, and I get into what's real on the other side. Father, I magnify. This is why worship and praise and knowing and speaking the word, you're taking and you're changing the reality of the natural and making it the reality that's already available in the spirit. I change and I make, and as a believer, you can create your own reality. That's not some far off fantasy concept. No, fantasy took that from the Word of God. Yes, that's right. They took it from the Word that we can take God's words and change and create and use our authority to create and to dictate and determine what goes on in the world around us. Amen? Faith's expressions are simply my agreement with the unseen. That's it. Faith's expressions are simply my agreement with an unseen realm. I choose to disagree with this realm because I agree with another realm. Doubt is expressed. Doubt is an expression over what someone believes isn't real. So doubt is simply an expression that uh, you know, if I'm if I'm getting up and I'm worried every day, and you know, I wake up and that a need is right in front of me, and I'm going, oh, you know, and I call Stephen, you know, at work. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna fix this? Where are we, how are we gonna where are we gonna get the money? Where are we gonna figure this out? What is that? I'm simply expressing what I believe to be. Uh, well, I'm dealing with my natural reality, and I'm not talking in God's reality anymore. Bill Wentz would say, I'm still stuck in this 3D realm, right? So stuck here. Doubt rules this realm. It rules it. Turn on the news. It rules this realm. Fear rules this realm. Get, when we meditate on the word, if you just simply see that as an act I got to get up today and I'm going to have my devotion. I don't even like that word. I don't like the word devotion. I don't like that. I think it's so religious. Forgive me if you call it that. I'm not, I just, it's so, I mean, my gosh, I am going with my time with God here. I am in the throne room. What am I devoting? Right? Not only that, I'm really, I'm really devoting my whole day. You know what I'm saying? My life. I'm devoting my life, okay? Devotion just kind of denotes this little period of time that we devote to God. (laughs) God, I devote this time to you. You know, as long as I get enough coffee, it'll be 30 minutes. (laughs) No. You know what I'm saying, right? I, I just personally don't like that word. That's not a gospel thing. That's just an opinion, so... It dismiss it. But what I'm saying, it, it, you kind of get this, 
this mindset like, oh, I'm just devoting this. You know, I've got to have my devotion today. Um, you know, I don't tell my husband it's time for us to have our devotion. To, like, I'm talking about to him, you know. It's time for us to have our devotion. What is it? I'm all throughout the day. We're phoning each other. We're talking. We're trying to spend time together. I don't block off my, a devotion time to my husband, you know. And we walk away from that. We're, this is a, a life together. But we do have times during the day where we're together more. We're conversing more. He's not at work. I'm not at work. We're having dinner together. What are we doing? We're spending time. I like this. When we get in the word of God, I am spending time with God, in God, through God. Everything of God is in that word. And I approach his word as my greatest reality. God, I got to get with you because what you see about me, I need to see about myself. (laughs) What you said about me, I need to say about myself. What you think about me, I need to think about myself. Right? That's more than devotion. That's a transformation. What if we called it our transformation time? Right? I got to have my transformation. I missed my transformation time today. And everyone around me knows it. (laughs) They can hear it. They can see it. Right? Why don't we call it a transformation time? Because I got to think like him. I got to talk like him. I got to move like him. I need to act like him. I've got to be so full of him. I'm not just devoting uh, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour. I have got to transform. And sometimes there are seasons in life where that transformation time needs to be greater than others. Depending on what we're facing, right? Why? I, I've got to, uh, there's a reality. I've really got to get turned. That's talking to me. <laughs> you know, that's, that's in front of me. In this natural realm, I've, I've got to get into that other realm. I got to go further. I got to go further. Amen? This is what David did with Goliath. What had he done? He had spent so much time with God, transformation time in the fields with God. He had created his own reality in God. You want to know something? David didn't come into the realm of the Goliath, the giant. Goliath came into his realm. That's exactly what happened. He didn't step into the the realm of the Philistines. He was so big on who who he is, who he was, who he knew he was, because he had spent time continually in a realm with God that Goliath was killed because he came into the realm that David lived in every day. David didn't approach Goliath. Goliath was sucked into that (laughs) unseen. Because we all know that that stone didn't do the killing. There was so much power from that unseen realm. That Goliath... Stepped right into that power. That's what he did. Why? They both came at each other. And one stepped into the realm of the other. Amen? Stop trying to get in the realm. We got to stop trying to get in and fight in a realm. Fight, you know, I got to get, I got to work this. And I got to get this money. I got to get my hand. I got to. You're trying to go into a realm that you don't belong in. You get in that transformation time. And you pull that body back into the realm of the word. You pull your finances. 
You take your finances into that transformation time. You take your family, you take your loved ones that you're believing, you pull them into that transformation time. You don't try to go out and, and make something happen and lay hands in a panic and pray in the spirit in a panic. What are you trying to do? He's trying to change the reality. No, you can change it from sitting at home in your faith seat, bringing them into that realm. This is, if we, if we don't take time in what, where God, his realm, that reality that he's in, how he sees us, how he talks about us, how he thinks about us, we're so conscious of how we think about ourselves, how we see ourselves. This is, this is what's so really disheartening and discouraging with social media because it has made man so aware of themselves. It has stolen uh, so much of the awareness of who we are in him because we are so aware of who we are to other people, who we are on social media, who, who we are to other people, that how they see us, how we say something, how we present ourselves. I'm not dogging it. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm telling you this, the, the hang up with it is it makes one very self-aware. How, how do I look in this picture? How do I, you know, come across? How do people, how many people said something nice about me, said something to me? What happens? We're so self-aware. We have missed that the only person that matters who thinks about us, he's not on social media. He's not commenting. He's got a whole book of comments. A whole book of them, of care and love and correction and instruction and protection, safety. Amen? What is this? You know, they say, oh, this is a safe space. There is nowhere safer than the Word of God. Okay? Seriously. This is a safe space for you to, you know, express yourself here on social media well, you got that from the word. God is the safest. Yes. He, he is. You can come to him with every care, with every burden, with every heartache, with everything that you're discouraged over, and you can lay that on the word of God. You can lay that at his feet. You can cry. You can have it out with him. You can discuss it with him, and he has something to say, and he has thoughts about your life. Amen. Stop taking it to who it doesn't need to be taken to. Stop laying it at the feet of strangers. David couldn't go to battle with the king's armor because that armor wasn't real to him. You know, it was real, him and God in that slingshot. That was real. His faith wasn't in the slingshot, but his faith was in the one who was going to, the power that was going to manifest. He'd already seen that power manifest. Yes. This is what faith actions are, is simply your stepping out in the agreement of what is in the unseen realm. An action of faith is simply a demonstration in the seen realm. Does that make sense? When I... 
For instance, when I sow a seed, what I'm doing, I'm not trying to get money from God, right? I need money, so I'm gonna sow a seed. I am simply taking and placing an action in this seen realm that shows that I know in the unseen realm, there's a harvest, right? Acts of faith. What are you doing when pain is in your body or you've got an area and you keep declaring that I know that that was laid on him by his stripes, his stripes, his stripes. Every stripe took every pain. His stripe took every symptom. His stripes took everything that the devil would ever try to put on me. And you begin rehearsing healing uh, over yourself. You begin rehearsing. And what do you do when you get up and you move that? And what's pastor says, you give action to that. What are you doing? You're simply in this seen realm showing what you believe is already real in the unseen. You're making it a reality. Now, when I sow seed, I'm just making it a reality right now. This this is why people will want to uh, attach when they go to sow seed, they'll say, name your seed. I understand that concept because what they're saying is, I've gotta put action to my faith that I believe God is taking care of this. He's bringing this thing to pass. He's got provision for this. I'm simply naming this and showing this is my action of faith and my belief in what hasn't manifest because my actions, his words make it real. My actions are what bring the manifestation. That's all we're doing. We're not making it real. That when we sow a seed, God's coming up with a harvest somewhere, right? We got to generate a harvest. Um, well, anyway, we won't even go down that road. Well, um, the king's armor was borrowed. He, there was no belief system in the armor because it was a borrowed piece of, uh, uh, of it was a borrowed equipment. This is important in the life of faith and drawing from the unseen realm into this seen realm, which is what we do. The realm of reality, God's realm of reality and demands realm of reality. Um, it wasn't real. This is so important. When we are gonna be people of faith, we can't borrow someone else's actions of faith. We can't borrow someone else's words of faith. We would call it copying. Now, if, if, that, if something stands out to you that someone says or somebody did, and the spirit quickens that to you, brings that to your attention, and you go, you know, I've had that. He prompted me to not copy, but also demonstrate that same action, right? Um, when, he, when he prompts you to act, Make sure it's yours and you're not just looking, trying to copy what somebody else did because that's no different. David tried, the king tried to put that armor and David said, this is borrowed junk. I can't, I can't. This isn't alive to me. You know what was more real to him is the slingshot that looked like it would do nothing than a sword and a spear and an armor that looked like it could do so much. Um. We can't borrow faith. We can't borrow actions. When you have to face your giant, you have to face, face the giant with what's real on the inside of you. Amen. That's what King Saul did is he was kind of basing and said, here, David, take this armor. Why? Because he was basing everything on what he saw. 
David's going to need this. <laughs> All right, see what's going on out there. David, you're going to need this. Everything of, that, that Israel, of Israel's army was based on what they could see. So he had to make David look like what he thought would look like somebody who could win. Don't, don't look at yourself and say, I don't look like I could win. It doesn't look like this is going to change. It doesn't look like this is going to turn. It doesn't look like because it's been how much time has passed, you know, since anything has come to pass, since anything, don't, don't time, uh, time is man-made. It's man-made. God didn't live by time. Didn't live by the clock. Um, if we were to, if we were to turn these lights off, going back to what we were talking about, you can't copy, you can't borrow, and having that time spent, that transformation time spent. When we don't have that transformation time in the Word of God, it. How many? I've been there, and you're trying to confess and believe, and it just, like, it feels like those words don't even go into the other realm. They just fall flat in this one right? You know when your words and your actions are reaching in. You know when, you know what I'm saying? You know when you got that, right? And it almost turns into, once you, it, I know when I've grabbed it, because when I confess right at, for me, this is for me, that when I go and I say, I thank you, Father, for such and such and such, such, I notice this immediately after praise will come out. It's like, it's, I mean, it's like on that tail end, praise will start flowing. It's right there. Praise is right on the tip of my tongue. What is that? A note of victory. We oftentimes associate a note of victory when we're taking time praying corporately. You're praying in the spirit. Dad Hagen taught us that you pray, denominations are called, you know, you pray through you know, they'd say you pray through what dad Hagen taught is you pray and you get that note of victory. That means you've gotten your answer. I've noticed this for me when I have it, when I've, I've reached a hold into that unseen realm, right? To the realm of God's reality. It's not, it's unseen. It's not unreal. And I know I've laid, laid hold of that under the manifestation. What do we uh, confess unto manifestation as the scripture says? I know when I've grabbed a hold of that, it seems like every time I go to, to thank God or to speak about it, right on the tail end of that praise will come out. Glory. What is that? The note of victory. I mean, it just, for me, that's how it works. And I know I've got that. I've got that. I've got that. Does that mean I quit speaking and confessing and declaring? No, that's not what that means. It just means I know now it's a reality to me. It was always a reality to God. Now it's a reality to me. Now God and I, remember what doctors say? We're in harmony. We're saying the same thing. We're both going, hum. We're both, we're, we're both speaking the same thing. And when he, in his realm, he's saying the same thing, and I'm saying the same thing. What happens? The two realms agree. I'm simply getting this realm into agreement with what's already in that realm. I'm, I'm getting my finances into agreement with the fact that he's made me rich. I'm not trying to make that a reality. That is a reality. He was poor, made poor, so I could be made rich. That's how God sees me. So what I'm doing is I'm lining up this realm with his realm. Yep. 
go back to, let's go back to the very beginning when we talked about Jesus, was it very real to us that he died? Very real to us that he paid the price for our sin. Very real to us that his goodness and his mercy and his presence came upon us. We could sense all the love that he had for us. Couldn't we sense that? Because we believe that something happened one day that he did it just for me. We weren't there, couldn't see it, didn't experience it, didn't touch it, didn't feel the blood, didn't see the sword. We didn't, we weren't, we didn't hear the crying. You know, we, we weren't there with the disciples. We didn't need to be there. So much a reality to us that we believed it and we spoke it. When the word is alive in us and we have taken that time of transformation and we begin to speak, we're simply doing the same thing. We're drawing our salvation. What does the scripture say? Look up your redemption, draw with nigh. What am I doing? I'm just taking my redemption. And I'm making the realm that my redemption, every demon, that's why they tremble. That's why they tremble. Because in their realm, the name of Jesus is every bit of reality. The blood is every bit of reality. It may not speak to mankind, but it sure speaks to every demon in hell. That blood is still speaking to them. They're just hoping you won't. They're just hoping you're banking on. You're not going to. So what am I doing? I'm taking what's in that realm. I'm taking what's in this realm. And when I agree with what God thinks about me, what he says about me, what he believes about me, I bring those into agreement. What happens? What's on that side, his words come into alignment, bring into manifestation with my words into this realm. I'm simply bringing two realms into agreement. That's all. That's all. And I'll hold out as long as I have to. I won't quit as long as I have to. Amen? Because I know it's right on the other side. So that's a good, good gauge. When you're confessing, how do I know I've laid, I've laid hold and I've reached in with faith into that other realm? The whole time David's gathering up those stones, you know what? It was so real to him. He had already reached in. He had grabbed his victory. He knew it. He, it was his, Goliath was, what is the term? As good as dead. Right? Yes. Right? He is as good as dead. Yeah. Why? Because he lived in the realm, God's realm. He lived uh, every day present with the Lord. It's in a different form than we have. How much greater? How much greater do we have in the presence of God do we get? Amen? But we'll close with this. When it's not real, when we're trying, and I, I emphasize that word trying, when we're trying to believe. (laughs) We're trying to get it. We're trying. If I were to turn all the lights off, let's say I tell everybody, turn all the lights off, turn the sconces off, turn the lights off in the foyer, turn all the lights off. What are you, what are we going to try? And I say, now we got to get out of here, folks. We got to, we got to leave. What we're going to do is try to get through here, right? And out of here by what? Feeling, number one, and by, there's a second thing, memory, memory. When we're not in the word, we're trying to get what we need by memory, by memory. You can't live by memory. You live by the light, the revelation. So we were talking about Sunday. The lights come on, what happens? I can see everything and I don't walk by memory. I walk 
by what I can see, the revelation, what I know, what I can see in front of me. God never intended for us to live by the memory of his word, trying to... So when you're struggling, what, what's needed? The light of the word. The word is a lamp to my feet. It's the light to my path. The light to the path that leads us to everything that God has. So yes, we're trying to figure it out by feeling. Oh, do I feel like I'm healed? Do I feel like, you know, I, I, you know today I feel like there's gonna be increase. I feel rich. I feel, no, I don't even have to feel rich. I don't have to feel healed. I don't have to feel delivered. I don't have to feel anything. But I also don't want to live by the memory of what I heard on Sunday and Tuesday, trying to make it on Thursday. You know, like we're, when the light is on, when the word every day is coming, the light of the word every day is coming, it's easy to walk by faith. That's what we want to do. We want to live and walk by faith. The walking is easier when the light is on. The walking is easier when the light is on. We're not doing it by memory. And I remember what pastor said. And I think I remember what, you know. Listen, I have been there. And this is what we have to do when things, the pressure. When we find ourselves in a situation where the pressure is on, where there's a bombardment. You know, the mind is being bombarded. I'm looking at some of you Bible school students. This is what a lot of Bible school students face when they start Bible school. There's such a bombardment because you made a step of faith and the light of the word is coming. The enemy's trying to combat the light that keeps coming every day. Amen. He didn't want that light to come. It's very important not to sit and sit under that light and not get up and start walking in it. The light coming is not enough. You have to act. Faith is released through word and action. So students, even church family, we have to make sure that as David did, what did you? He spoke and he act. He spoke and he acted. He didn't just speak to Goliath. You, you, you die in Jesus' name. He had to go look at, he really had to do something kind of foolish. He had to show up looking a little bit foolish with his little you know, bag and his stones, what was that? His act of faith. So it's not enough that we hear the word and sit under the word if we're not walking in that word. How do we walk in it? With the lights on every day, we're feeding on it, we're speaking it, we're meditating on it, and we're acting on it. Amen? There's no movement in faith unless we're speaking and acting. There's no movement in faith unless we're speaking and acting. Faith is coming and then faith dies. That was a sermon from, what, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, a month or two ago. So go back and listen to that sermon if you want to. I'm not gonna get into all that. But you, there is such a thing as dead faith. It's when faith comes, it's not properly planted, watered, or acted on. It dies. All righty. Well, we're, we're at the end. We're at the end. Not of the word, but our time here. <laughs> Amen. So, true faith actions are not done in the dark. So if you find yourself, you've been acting, you know, we acting, make sure that it's, it's, it's spirit-led actions, that the, you've been in the word, you've seen it. And, and sometimes, ha, I've been there where the Holy Spirit said, don't do anything. 
we all go back to, I always go back to, when dad went home, we didn't have enough money for payroll, and we had another payroll coming, we were already behind in payroll, and Pastor Nancy went home, the money wasn't here, and she painted her nails. (laughs) What was that? An act, I will not worry. I will not fret. I will not pray in fear. I will not pray in worry. I will not confess in fear. I will not confess in worry. Takes more faith to sit and do nothing sometimes. A lot more. Especially with all that we have at our fingertips today, there's always something we could be doing. We think that anyway. So make sure that sometimes that action Uh, it's always number one in line with the word, but number two led by the spirit. Amen. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.